What If World is supported by our sponsors and by listeners like you on Patreon. Calling all kids in the car. Brittany and Meredith here from the chart-topping Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast. Are you dreading another silent car ride with the fam? We've got the cure. Three rounds of fresh trivia every single week. Movies, music, even science and Disney. We've got something for every trivia buff in the car. No more crickets chirping on those long journeys. The Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast is your secret weapon for connecting and laughing with kids of all ages, teens, toddlers, adults, it doesn't matter. Spark their curiosity and challenge their brains with every episode. New episodes drop weekly wherever you get your podcasts. Search for the Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast and turn those car rides into epic adventures. What if kittens break the clock and Hey there, folks, and welcome back to What If World, the show where your questions and ideas inspire off-the-cuff stories. I'm Mr. Eric, your host, and today we've got a question from a patron named Cannon. Hello, my name is Cannon. I'm eight years old. I like sea creatures, and my what-if question is, what if narwhals could fly and had flying jousting tournaments? Cannon, I love narwhals. I want to thank you and your sister Pompeia, and I also want to get one more question for you all. This one's from a listener named Charlotte, and it involves mermaids. But I think it's best if we leave this question to the end. You're leaving us more time for our meow-outs. Hey, JFCat, who do we have today? First, we've got Hamish, Arm's favorite character. And then there's Kellen, who is nine. Fair Elise here, do shout out Maribel. Oh, and I got a big woof-woof for Elliot and his little brother named Crosby. Then I got a shout-out for Toven, who is eight years old. And one final shout-out for Sonny. Thank you for being so patient, Sonny. Thank you, Sonny, Toven, Crosby, Elliot, Maribel, Kellen, and Hamish. Now, folks at home, I normally don't do announcements at the top of the show, but I'm really excited about this one. We have just launched a new and improved Threadless store. Miss Karen worked so hard on it to make it look beautiful. And we've got an artist named Anna Stretku who helped us illustrate a ton of What If World characters. We've got shirts, masks, buttons, magnets, stickers, backpacks, socks, notebooks. Miss Karen even designed a pair of Kathunkel leggings just because she wanted to order them for herself. So take a minute to check out whatifworld.threadless.com just to see Karen and Anna's beautiful work. Now let's find out. What if narwhals could fly and had flying jousting tournaments? As well as Charlotte's secret question about mermaids. We'll start your story right after a quick break. Are you looking for a podcast that your whole family can enjoy that asks the deep philosophical questions like, do trees fart? If you are, then you'll love Tumble, a science podcast for kids. 
I'm Lindsay. And I'm Marshall. Join us as we explore stories of science discovery, from butts to animals, dinosaurs, astronomy, and everything in between. You'll love these stories, and you'll learn something new. Find and follow Tumble Science Podcast for Kids wherever you get your podcasts, or at sciencepodcastforkids.com. Well, hi and howdy, everybody. It's Papa Lou, welcoming you to a very special edition of Papa Lou's News. Hoolympics edition. Oh, Papa Lou, they don't know what the Hoolympics are. Frankly, I don't know either. Okay, hi, your Mama Jamma, your co-host. And we really wanted to have some sporting events in What If World, where people could properly social distance. So we decided to do the Hoolympics under the sea, so everyone can wear masks and scuba gear, and take turns competing one at a time. I know sports look a little different these days. And so do the Hoolympics. I don't know any of these people. Mama Jamma and Papa Lou were sitting in a booth together, far under the sea. Each of them was wearing a pressurized suit with a big globe over their head so they could see all the action of the Hoolympics. Papa Lou here interrupting Mr. Eric to remind him that we don't need a third announcer today. Thank you very much. Oh, I'm sorry. Is this one of those stories where I, I don't narrate? Mr. Eric, shush. This is a big opportunity for Papa Lou. Now, we've got dozens of events taking place over the next several weeks, but today we're going to focus on the three. Flying jousts, hide and seek, and of course, ninja star throwing. Now, Papa Lou, would you mind telling the folks at home some of the events that they won't be seeing today? Uh, sure, yeah, a sure thing. Well, there's uh, synchronized swimming, and then there's uh, ice hockey. Underwater ice hockey? Yeah, well, the puck is ice, and uh, you gotta score before it floats to the... Can we not talk about this right now? Oh, I'm sorry. I was just trying to give you a chance to show off all your, your knowledge. Well, I haven't read about the rest of the event yet. <laughs> but I promise you folks, I, I will when we when we get to them. You had the whole submarine ride to study, but instead you took a nap. <laughs> well, let's stay focused. Well, Mama Gemma and Papa focused, Lou of course I'm focused. work out whatever's happening in the booth. I'm going to tell you about something the announcers can't see. And that's Mariah Caring, who's having a video call on her shell phone with her father, King Whiten, and her best friend, Cindy Crawdad. I think the Hoolympics are a great idea, said Mariah, seeing Cindy Crawdad nod along. Oh, sure, it's great to give people something to watch. But who is to stop one of these competitors from sneaking into a different event by wearing a costume or a mask? Objected King Whiten. I don't know, that sounds really fun to me, said Cindy Crawdad. And people should get to compete in any event they can qualify for, Dad. Pah, why bother? An octopus is always gonna win ninja star throwing. And a plankton's always gonna win hide and seek. And a narwhal's always gonna- No, I disagree. I think that's a silly tradition. And maybe the Hoolympics will mean a little bit of change for the better. I agree with Cindy, said Mariah, but she sounded kind of far away. And Cindy and King Whiten couldn't see her on the shell phone anymore. Daughter, where have you gone to? The first event's about to start. I'm just working on my dinner, 
but I've got it on the Elevision, so don't worry, I won't miss a thing. King Whiten and Cindy Crawdad shrugged and turned to watch their own Elevisions in their own homes. A big electric eel rested on each of their walls in a roughly ovular shape, and when it lit up its electricity just so, they could catch the broadcast from Papaloo and Mamma Jamma. So let's enjoy our first Olympic event, hide and seek. Oh yeah, you know, so many undersea creatures are really good at camouflage. And some of them are just plain microscopic. But no one hides from the Judge Shark Gator forever. No, that shark's got a nose on him. He can sniff you out anywhere in the galaxy. Shark Gator slapped his tail fins over his eyes and is starting the countdown. Ten. Nine. Eight. Did I say eight yet? Folks at home, it's important to remember that Shark Gator is an extremely old megalodon. Oh, he's prehistoric. And he may have the greatest nose under the sea, but he still does things on his own time. Nine. Oh, he's counting back up. All the tiniest creatures with the best camouflage under the sea went and hid under rocks and shells within reefs. Mr. Eric, I'm doing the commentary here. Oh, yeah. oh I'm sorry. Oh, there's some little plankton or krill or something. I don't know. They're really tiny. Yes, and some tiny crabs scuttling away too. There's an octopus changing colors to blend into the rocks. And a giant lobster appears to be burying herself. Really seems like too big of a lobster to compete in this event. Oh, you've got to be a world-class hider in order to qualify. Sure, sure, but just look at the cloud of sea dust that's rising where the lobster hid. Sea dust? Is that really what you call it? I don't know. It's like a cloud of sand in the air. It looks like dust to me. Two and a half. One. Ready or not. Here I come. And a surprise move. Shark Gator skipped both two and one and a half, trying to catch a Olympic competitors off guard, no doubt. But will it work? Uh-oh. Shark Gator's sniffing towards the cloud of undersea dust. We really should work on a better term for that. I find your lack of hiding place disturbing. And with that, the lobster lady pops up. She's coming in dead last. But wait, that's not a lobster lady at all. My goodness, Mama Jemma, you're right. Her red crustaceous tail has slipped off to reveal what appears to be something akin to a, a mermaid's tail. Have mermaids ever competed in hide and seek? Not to my knowledge, no. <laughs> These Olympic events are truly something for the history books. There she goes swimming off before the rest of her lobster disguise can fall. Did you see that, daughter? A merfolk competing in hide-and-seek. How untraditional. Mariah Caring shook her head. Well, she came in dead last, so I suppose she didn't prove anything. Shh, 
the next event's gonna start. Mariah, where'd you head off to? Oh, I'm just using the restroom. I can hear the whole event, don't worry. Now here's an event that dates back to the Middle Ages. Oh, but those narwhal jousts were so unsafe. Well, that's why these narwhals wear heavily fortified armor and they cork their horns to boot. Now, Papa Lou, can these narwhals actually fly? Or is it that they're just shooting way, way, way up in the sky and falling down while they joust? No, it says here, according to Cannon's What If question, that these narwhals can in fact fly. They just can't fly for very long, so half of the joust takes place while they fall back down toward the sea. Okay, folks, get out your binoculars, unless you're watching from home. They're all watching from home, Emma Gemma. That's like the whole point of the Olympics. Oh, you. And off they go, our two jousters. Norman Narwhal, our reigning champion. And a presumably fresh-faced newcomer. Although we can't see their face. Cause they're wearing black knight armor from head to toe. The Narwhals are zooming towards the surface at lightning speed. Whoever's able to fly up the highest into the sky has a big advantage in an aerial narwhal joust. Oh, huge. Uh-oh. A black narwhal knight seems to be losing some of the lower half of their armor. Revealing a fishy fin, sort of like that of a merperson. Ah, <gasps> you don't think it could be the mermaid from hide-and-seek? Oh, I don't know. Traditionally, merfolk have only competed in the karaoke portion of the competition. But these are the Olympics. Who knows what could happen? And they're flying up into the sky. Higher and higher they go. Oh, but not so high for our mer-knight. Merfolk can't fly as high as narwhals, that's for sure. And as Norman Narwhal descends upon our dark knight, mysterious knight is defending themselves with a lance that looks a lot like a narwhal tooth. It must have been part of their disguise. <laughs> oh, and there goes the lance. And there goes the person. I can't imagine the judges are gonna give them a very good rank. I still think it's amazing. That person must be one of the greatest merfolk swimmers in the whole ocean to even qualify for this event. Folks at home, what do you think? Are you impressed by a person who can practically fly out of the water? Or do you think they've got no business jousting with narwhals? They've got no business jousting with narwhals, exclaimed King Whiten. In the olden days, we would ride narwhals into battle. Now we're losing to them in the Olympics. It's an embarrassment to all of merfolk. Don't you agree, Mariah? Ah, <sighs> uh, yeah, they probably didn't have much of a chance. <sighs> Sighed Mariah, caring. I tell you what, you two are being a couple of old fuddy duddies. One of your own people just did something that no merfolk has ever done. And all you can do is complain. Cindy Crawdad scolded the two people, who did in fact look ashamed for a moment. I'll admit, I think the disguises are pretty cool. Oh no, the disguises are the worst part for me. Who does this merfolk think they are? Some kind of mer-ninja? Well, Dad, I used to want to be a mer-ninja. 
You are mer royalty, and we mer people aren't meant to be sneaking about like ninjas. Oh, hush, King Whiten. Can't believe you talk that way to your own daughter. What way? I know what's best for my own daughter. Uh, daughter? Where'd she go off to again? Oh, nowhere, Dad. I'm just dusting. But don't worry, I can still see the next event. <laughs> dusting? What has gotten into you? What's gotten into me? What's gotten into you? I'm just excited for the next event. And indeed, our final competition for the day is about to commence. Ninja starfish throwing. And here comes five-time gold medal thrower, Squidarella. Squidarella, can I please get an autograph? Oh, she's turning towards the booth. I think she heard you. Finally, some fringe benefits to this gig. <laughs> And she threw a starfish on your face. <laughs> I've just had my brush with greatness. I'll never wash this glass globe over my head again. Can you see anything at all? No, I certainly cannot. Okay, well, you work on that. Various cephalopods from all over the ocean are taking turns picking up their starfish and tossing them. Ninja starfish throwing is judged on three criteria. Number of starfish thrown, accuracy, and originality. That's why it's always a squid or an octopus who wins. Now, people have been complaining this year that the starfisher weighted differently. Oh, they must have been eating a lot of coral this year. They're so fluffy and squishy looking. Let's see if it affects Squidorella's performance. But doesn't look like it. She's thrown 80 sea stars, drawing a picture of her own face right around the bullseye. Did you just call them sea stars? Well, they technically aren't fish. I was just mixing things up. No, I like it. Sea stars. It's so glamorous. Uh, what kind of tentacled creature is this? Well, the answer to that question is usually kathunkle, but the... Oh, who is that? A mysterious masked cephalopod is picking up their starfish. Sea stars. Whatever. Strangely, they only picked up two sea stars. And even stranger, it looks like they just have two arms, with three tentacles attached by string to each arm. Oh my goodness, that is no squidopus. And there they go. <laughs> Amazing! With only two arms, they managed to throw 20 starfish, or sea stars, spiraling out from the bullseye in a perfect swirly pattern. I gotta say, I don't think I've ever been so impressed. Oh, an octopus just threw a hundred starfish right in a haiku around the bullseye. I can throw starfish with pinpoint accuracy. I am the winner. That's young Octavia Octopus, sure to win the gold. If not the Nobel Prize for poetry. Oh boy, our mysterious competitor appears frustrated. Oh, they're ripping off their Squidopus costume. Revealing a mermaid underneath. You don't think, could it be? It's the, it's the same, same mermaid. Made. She's still wearing a ninja mask beneath her disguise, so there's no way to know who she might be. 
and while a dozen other tentacled creatures competed, a ninja ceased star throwing. At the end of the day, it was Octavia, Squitterella, and our mysterious mermaid. For the last time, Mr. Eric, let me do my job. Mr. Eric, you're being so rude. I am so sorry. I, I was just trying to get us to the end. Oh, no, 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 no. Hey, he didn't say the end as in the end of the story. He just happened to be saying those two words together. Please don't ruin this for Papa Lou. I, I, I totally take it back. Today, you can say that the story is over when it happens to come to a conclusion. Well said, Mr. Eric. And as we predicted, Octavia Octopus wins the gold. Squidarella walks away with silver, undefying all expectations. Our first vertebrate competitor in this category wins the bronze. Her family must be so proud. I am so not proud of whoever that mer lady is. What must her parents be thinking? Well, if they're supportive, said Cindy Crawdad, clacking her pincers at King Whiten through the shell phone, then I'm sure her parents are quite amazed. No, I'm sure they're not. Third place. And Mariah Caring plunked down in front of the shell phone screen in a huff. Uh, Mar Mariah, I think you've got something on your face. Oh, it's just my mask. Mariah? King Whiten and Cindy Crawdad were staring at their shell phones wide-eyed. Mariah was still wearing her ninja mask. It was you? Said King Whiten in disbelief. I've told you I always wanted to be a ninja. Well, now you know I'm a failure. I'm afraid that I have been a failure. I should have supported you and seen why this was important. King Whiten having a reconciliation scene over a shell phone. A very difficult maneuver. Wait, wait, how are you two seeing this? This isn't part of the Hoolimpus. Shh, Mr. Eric. You owe me this one, Bubbo. Okay, okay. You managed to qualify for and compete in three Olympic events without your father or best friend suspecting a thing. Well, I actually suspected from the very beginning that, you know, I mean, a mermaid was appearing at the Olympics every time Mariah suddenly stepped away from the screen. Cindy Crawdad dunking on King Whiten. I mean, really, he was pretty oblivious, this whole story. Are you saying I could be a ninja? I'm saying you clearly already are a ninja. And while Mariah Caring didn't win any gold medals that day, she chip 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 Oh, I hear it. Go ahead, Pablo. You, you, you got it. And while Mariah Caring didn't win any gold medals that day, she proved to all the people under the sea that mer people, but all sea creatures really, that they don't have to feel limited by traditions or expectations. I was gonna say it's just really hard to fly while wearing armor. That wasn't the point of this story, Pablo. Maybe it's time to say uh, those two words. Those two words. No, remember the words, the two words that you didn't want Mr. Eric to say earlier. Oh, right, right, right. Keep wondering. Oh, boy. Oh, no, 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 no. The wondering, the, the wondering. No, keep ending. That's it. All right, Charlotte and Cannon, I hope you enjoyed your story. And let's play Charlotte's question for you real quick. 
Charlotte, and I like mermaids and unicorns, and what if a mermaid was a ninja, but no one else thought she could be a ninja? Thank you. Bye. Well, Mariah turned out to be an excellent ninja. Folks at home, the easiest way to help keep this show going is by just leaving a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. And if you want to skip the ads, get your episode a day early, have a better chance of getting your question answered and more, please check us out at patreon.com slash whatifworld. I'd like to thank Karen O'Keefe, my co-creator, Craig Martinson for our theme song, and all you kids at home who know that persistence is a lot more impressive than perfection. Next time you work really hard at something, I hope you can think back on it and feel good about yourself. And until we meet again, keep wondering.